0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: ladies and gentlemen welcome to eat sleep supplex retweets
0: Christmas drafting make a killing, spending all your pee, don't look under the tree, ain't no presents till your birthday, ain't no presents till your birthday. Happy holidays everybody, welcome to the final Saturday Draft Live of 2022, my name is David Hockney and joining me today is, is somebody who actually overslept this morning but he powers through to make the last show of the year, it is number 44 himself, Scott McLeod.
1: That, that, that was that, that was god-awful. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did someone, I know, someone, I know. Jesus. Did someone step on your testicles this morning, David? Jesus, i never heard a man speak, sing that highly.
0: Uh, I mean, I only sing well when I've had a drink in me. You know, it's first thing in the morning, so I'm a little bit a little bit raspy with the, the old Mickey Mouse voice a little bit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, nobody's here... Nobody's here to hear me sing. We're here to talk about uh, Saturday Draft Live and the draft performers uh, for the final show of the year. Uh, now bear in mind, we have had Raw, NXT, SmackDown, NXT deadline was last week. But we've also got tribute to the trips coming tonight as well. So I really hope we get uh, some uh, points on the board for that as well. But that's for another time. That's for later on in the show. So we have the top three of the week. Uh, coming in third place is Rare Ripley. With ten points overall, I believe she picked up a win this week over Asuka.
1: Yeah, did Asuka not win? All seen of, all of that match
0: is just memes about uh, Dominic getting misted in the face. Mm-hmm. No wait, yeah, she did win that match, yeah. Because then Asuka went into a bit of a into a bit of a slump. It seems that it, it looks like she's been teasing the return of her Kana character as well. You know, she came out with no face paint this week. Rearit played as part of Judgment Day. You know, certainly seems to be the uh, one of the big scorers and definitely a a safe pair of hands when it comes to getting points on the board, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I was actually surprised to see her in the top uh, three this week because
1: considering some of the picks we've got uh, in the league and the fact that we've had some big title matches like a deadline or yeah, some of the AW and SmackDown last night, so I
0: was actually surprised to see her. And here is the captaincy on her? I believe so. Um, if I can just remember who was this, who picked her. Um.
1: Yeah, David, who's Campbell, who's got her. So I think maybe the captaincy, I think that might help. But I think she's definitely yeah. going to be a uh, main uh, asset on the draft for like the next season or two, because I think there's big rumors about her plans for me that she may be definitely the one in contention to to take the raw women's title plus just they are prominently featured mm-hmm. uh more so as a triple h era of raw is, and uh, of, as a triple h era WWE, uh, continues so mm-hmm. yeah, i wouldn't be surprised to see we were up against that i mean she was a strong pick before but then i think with her picking there was a wee point where she was where was kind of inconsistent but now yeah, i think she's definitely a top like
0: pick in terms of like yeah, the female side of the roster mm-hmm. yeah first round pick for the goat captaincy applied and also I believe she's an early favourite to win the Women's Royal Rumble so I think we should keep an eye on her this season but the big talking point of this week is NXT deadline Uh, but uh, and also uh, one of the top scoring tag teams of the past season uh, because coming in at second place is Damage Control with 14 points Uh, chosen thankfully this time as as a first round Selection by Grant McRobbie, so smart man with the captaincy applied. They had a title defense against Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox this past week, and of course appearing across both Raw and SmackDown. It's got to be a contributing factor to them uh, doing so well, not just this season but past seasons as well. But the main difference being is that Dakota and Eor are now picked as tag team this season, whereas last season uh, they were picked as individuals. How do you think that's going to change? Uh, with them picked as a tag team as opposed to them being picked as individuals'
1: no, I'll all the credit. the only reason he's got them is because I picked them for him because yeah, can not show up to the bloody selection show but mm. i definitely i I was calling out like all of last season the fact that, that I think Dakota had, had like one more singles match than e o had and had won mm-hmm. that match, so basically there was like a two point or so difference. Between the, the singles picks, so I thought, like, why are they not a tag team? Because I think the point, they still would have been like a juggernaut tag pick and they would have helped whoever had them as a tag team win that, that season. So I definitely think that's going to come into play here. And um, I don't know if they'll have many other title defences in such a short season. I know they had a title defence successful last night against Teagan and, and Liv Morgan. But I do think they're going to hold on to the belts for a little while. And I think for now, given how prominent they are across both brands, because as tag chat they can go across for one SmackDown,
0: they are definitely going forward uh, going to be better as a tag pick than a singles pick. Mm-hmm. And both Damage Control and Rhea Ripley sitting on 16 points in the top 10 of the season, currently joint fourth. So still early doors for this season, but I imagine we're going to see both of them being top scorers throughout the season. If not for Damage Control's title defences, definitely for appearance points alone given that they're one of the most talked about groups in WWE as a whole, not just Monday Night Raw. But the big scorer this week, as I alluded to, NXT deadline is Ross's captain, Braun Breaker, with 23 points, getting a pretty safe win over Apollo Crews, but looks to have a new challenger in the form of Grayson Waller after winning the Iron Survivor match. So we said last week that I think the GOAT called Ross McLeod out for not putting the captaincy on the Usos, and I think you might have had a point there, but looking at Braun Breaker scoring twenty three points from a paper, I mean that can't be ignored in its own right. And I, I think you can sort of see where Ross's thinking was on this.
1: Yeah, can I just say something about this? This was annoying me last week when I was listening back to Saturday Draft Live, and you were very much you know talking about this in terms of Ross not making the news so his captain, as if Ross had already fucked the season for himself, despite the fact Ross is at the top of the table. And it makes all the sense in the world for us to make Raw British Captain to start the season, you know, because he has a pay per view, he mm-hmm. as pay per view points. You know, they don't call them pay per views anymore. Like he's, he's a champion, cap- well, anyway, pay per view points apply for an NXT show like Deadline, like Captain mm-hmm. Captain winning a title match on a pay per view, highest points you can get, and you need those points on a short season. So one coming up with, like you said, a safe one. So a safe one. You know, means guaranteed points, which is what you need in this season. <laughs> and so, so we're off in the camp saying there where he knew he would get the point because you give him an advice to keep him at the top of the table, which he is. And now he told me last night now that he, he was originally going to keep the, the captain's the on a breaker. Oh, hello, hello. I was say hello, hello. Is this a, a breaking news story? Yes, yes, it is. Uh, he was going to keep keep the captaincy on uh, Braun Breaker until New Year's Eve because he was confident he could beat Grayson Waller. But the announcement that the Usos have a title defense next week against Hit Row, uh Ross has decided to make the make the captaincy official now and move it to the Usos. But exclusive, even if he waited, even if he waited to New Year's Eve, I do think the idea of like even if he waited to New Year's Eve, I still think uh, Braun Breaker was still a safe pick. I think it was still a good idea to have the captaincy on Braun Breaker. To start off, get the points right like now, get the most points you can get from him as a captain, and then move the captaincy to the mm-hmm. more reliable pick. I, you know, It's not a, not an original strategy that Ross has done here. People have done it in the past, where they think, like, so-and-so could get me point, more points as a captain. Good. That's probably all, the most points he's going to get me. Switch captaincy to someone else. And it's not as if the Usos, without the captaincy, are going to do badly.
0: No, not at all. I mean, they're currently on 19 points overall in the top 10 of the season, currently number two, just behind Braun Breaker himself. So Ross, I think, is now in a very, very good position with uh, a possible title defence over Hit Row this coming week on SmackDown. So there you have it, first captaincy change of the season. Ross McLeod has changed from Braun Breaker to the Usos. Uh, Just to reiterate for all participants, including listeners league participants, you are allowed to change your captaincy once. Uh, per season, so if you feel like your current captain isn't doing too well, you can obviously make a change, but once you do that, there's no going back, so there you have it first uh, captain's change of the season Ross has now got the Usos as his team captain, but moving on to the he he will need all the
1: points and get across Braun and the Usos because uh, Mm -hmm. he's unfortunately been the
0: victim of a a pick getting let go, which has come all too common occurrence (laughs) in the last couple of years you get ahead of me here. Uh, I'm just about to explain that in the the leaderboard here. So, looking at the top ten, starting off bottom of the table, Gary Kernahan Team Visera, on 15 points. He's had a he's had a pretty rough couple of seasons thus far, and it's, uh, it's showing again here today. Then again, I've I go off for a season, and I'm already <laughs> stinking the place out as well. So, myself and the West End Country Club is currently ninth on 16 points. And then there's a bit of a jump. Uh, we have last season's winner Ryan O'Gleish. Uh, party time with rigorous dancing on 28 points. But then it starts to get a bit competitive. The points are pretty close from here on out. So seventh place, Andy Mitchell and Ryan's wardrobe on 30 points. Uh, sixth place, Grant McRobbie, what the Funaki, 32 points. The Goat, David Campbell, Team Goat in fifth place, 35 points. And then for third and fourth, there's a, only a four point difference between you lot. So fourth place, Jack Graham, the three time Kings of drafting on 36 points, just one point ahead. Then third place, Stephen Wilson, Papa Trips Loves a Steak Bake on 39 points. And at the top, it's a full-on Brothers of the brothers of Destruction feud. We have one point separating the top two. Scott, you're in second place with Scissor Me Daddy Draft on 48. And just ahead is your brother, Ross, with Hey Diddle Riddle on 49 points. Both of you scoring at least 30 points this week. But as you mentioned uh, just there, Ross has taken a bit of a major hit in his team despite you know having a couple of big scorers this week because Mandy Rose lost the NXT women's title this week to Roxanne Perez and she's also been released because of some, uh, some rather saucy content behind a paywall.
1: Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate the way that, that all went down because she wasn't on deadline, which annoyed Ross when we were watching it because he didn't know that she wasn't going to be on it. And she finally does appear on TV, only to lose the title. And then that's, little do we know that was going to be her only appearance this season. Mm. And now she's, she's gone. to she lose to Roxanne Perez, who's not even been picked this season by anybody. Mm. And I was surprised to see Ross one point ahead of me, though, because I know we had the Uso's appearing last night and he had Frey Wyatt making an appearance. But I, was, I, I actually had the one point lead before going into SmackDown, thanks to NJF. Uh, winning on Dynamite, retaining the World Championship, as I thought he would. Uh, but I thought Gunther would defend the IC title, so I thought that would give me a couple-point lead. But you know, I'm happy to be here because I've spent far too much time the last couple of seasons on the bottom end of the table. So I'm just happy to be on this side for mm-hmm. the change. But you and Gary, Jesus. You guys won the Mania, the Rumble yeah. and Mania tag season. I know, and right? Both, both of you have done absolutely terrible, respectively. Since then, like I've never seen anyone take such a fall since the since that Santa Claus fell off Tim Allen's roof. <laughs> Tell you what, that's a classic film, by the
0: way. <laughs> oh, I thought I'd you know make it make it current, you know Christmas references and all that. Yeah, absolutely. But as going with the the draft can not be an unforgiving place, and if one of your team members gets released, there is no replacements allowed. So from this point on. Ross is operating with a five-person team, well, four-person plus a tag team, going forward. So, I mean, you, will no, this affect his no, ch- will, will this affect his chances of winning? Well, maybe, maybe not
1: because yes, yeah, she'll, she'll only have like three points now that she's been released. But you remember, Ryan Douglas is last season's winner. He won uh, last season with a pick on zero points, which I don't think anyone's ever actually done before because he made the. The bold
0: choice of trying to pick Sasha and Naomi and they didn't turn up last season, but didn't stop them. Yeah, and uh, Sasha's been rumoured to be going to New Japan as well. So I doubt she's going to be picked uh, in future seasons going forward unless she makes a really big, shocking return. But unfortunately, Scott, it's that time of the show again where luckily, you know, it's the last one of the year. So we might as well send this this year off with a bang. uh, Would you mind doing the, the Listener's League Top 5 for this week. Uh, uh-huh. It's Christmas, Dave,
1: and this is what I you've know. got me. Like I the know. worst secret sign I've ever got. Like I've got, a, I've got a box. I've unwrapped the box. Oh, it's a box for a PS5. Open up the box. Instead of a PS5, someone's taking a massive turd. <laughs> they put a massive turd in the box. That's what this is to me. That's exactly uh. what that is. Ah, oh, right. Top five of the listeners league. Matt Matt Smith with Booty Wolves is on 49 points. Elliot Carter uh, Macho Macho I don't know what that is. <laughs> Elliot, why is your team name so confusing? Bad. Craig Forsyth, insert what a team name here, you unfunny bastard. You can't even think of a proper team name. And, and just jo- and making jokes about not being able to come up with a team name is not a good team name. He's also on 51 points. Uh, On 52 points, Tom Brock, World Cup winners 2022. Well, the Netherlands aren't in the final, so you fucked mm. that one up, haven't you? Yep. And uh, on 59 points, top half dreaming. Well, your dreams come true, Anthony Reynolds, because you are number one in the Listeners League. I don't know you. don't care to know you. But we might, we might see you next season. Who does? Merry Christmas, bah humbug, fuck
0: the Listeners League, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I'll tell you what's keeping Anthony Reynolds at the top of the table, though, it's the, the Usos as his team captain, and they've got a title defence coming up on SmackDown, as mentioned. so you never know, he could be plowing ahead. You know, he's also got Bailey, Kevin Owens, Orange Cassidy, Jade Cargill, and Santos Escobar. A pretty pretty good mix of uh, of talent there, especially with Kevin Owens getting involved in the Bloodline feud, uh, jade cargill obviously still undefeated and yeah just uh generally a lot of a uh, a pretty well-rounded team carried by a, a juggernaut uh, tag team but well scott it's the um it's the end of the sea it's the end of the year and uh we do have one i wouldn't i wouldn't call it a pay-per-view per se but we have tribute to the troops the 20th anniversary is happening tonight i imagine it's already been pre-taped and I think next week's SmackDown has also been pre-taped. And spoiler alert: I have read the results of of that SmackDown. So I imagine uh, we could probably update the scores as and when you know tribute to the troops airs. Fair enough. I mean, I've I
1: mean, person from the main roster is a baddie, and they always lose on tribute to troops and Gunther. So I, I don't imagine they'd book if phase on the show that they'd book the big Aust- mean Austrian on the big ye America show and have him win a match. Unless Mia Yim decides to pop up and win a match on that show, then I'm not holding out my breath for anything from
0: Tribute to the Troops. Yeah, well, I, what I have seen in Tribute to the Troops is that there's a six-person tag match with uh, Imperium going up against uh, Drew, Sheamus and Ricochet. So oh, whoever has... Losing. Yeah, I'm thinking whoever has, the th- well, I was going to say whoever's the three non-Americans. I mean, the, the guy, with the team with the one American on it is also joined by an Irishman and a Scotsman. So it's not exactly Team USA, but it's, uh, it's the face team. So I imagine they will win.
1: Oh, well, every, every, Drew has an Americanized Scottish accent. And, you know, James is Irish. Every Tom, Dick and Harry in America thinks they're one quarter on 18s Irish, so... You know, it's a, it's a win for America if it's a win for Ireland in their eyes. But, uh, also, you know, I think I know maybe we'll get appearance points for Walter for Spanish. I think it's, it's like Braun and... Wait, who's, Wal- who's Walter? Sorry, Gunther. There we go. Gunther. <laughs> uh, Gunther will probably be in the corner of Ludwig and uh, Giovanni Vinci, because they've apparently got a Miracle on thirty-four Street fight against, uh, Ricochet and Braun Strowman so I imagine Gunther will be in their corner for that one. Uh what a shit show that's gonna be. Oh Ricochet's had
0: a fair bit of exposure this season as well. I has he been drafted? No, I think so. That's kinda of baffling. I mean you know, the I mean the big match he could have won was the was last night and he lost it, so mm. The important thing is, though, he's getting heavily featured on SmackDown, so it's still uh, still a chance for some solid uh, solid appearance points.
1: Well, I don't know what to tell you, Dave.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, but, what... but yeah, as, as always with the, uh, re- the wrestling business towards the end of the year, it's Christmas time, it's New Year's time. Things t- tend to be a little bit quieter and stuff, and things don't really pick up until till the new year so like with nxt we've got new year's evil and then we've got an allegedly a massive uh, international show in india along with uh raw's 30th anniversary and then it's the royal rumble so a lot of stuff happening uh over the next month or so but scott before we go um there is one last thing we need to do and it's been requested by brian dog that we look at our listeners' league's teams to beat. Now, myself and Jack have already gone through our teams to beat uh, last week, but now I would like to hand over to you to discuss yours and Ryan's listeners' league's teams to beat.
1: Yes. Uh, so I'll talk about Ryze as well. I asked him to send me his uh, justification for his team because this is all thing with his idea, this listeners' league team to beat by Mr. Bloody listeners' league. But he uh, justifies his team by just saying, you know, short season, are all about the Rumble. It's an it's opportunity for champions to defend their titles to less value. tie teams are also less valuable in the Rumble seeds, so doesn't really contribute a lot. So he, did, he ended up taking the Lutra Brothers as a tie team, saying fair choice might score highly, but doesn't really matter. Becky Lynch is his captain, saying he, he thinks she's winning the Romans Rumble. Also put Bailey on his team all over Raw and Smackdown. Solsicola is on his team saying take advantage of that bloodline points for appearances, may have a decent rumble showing. Jenna Basler involved with Ronda Rousey for appearance points, also might win the Royal Rumble. And he's also got Malachi Blacks and was all over Dynamite and Rampage a few weeks ago backing on him to do it again. So while I quickly find my listeners lead team, what is your thoughts, Dave, quickly on uh, what Ryan Douglas has said about his listeners lead team to beat?
0: A bit of a bold prediction going for Becky Lynch as the, the Royal Rumble winner, but my my stock's still on Ray Ripley to win the, the Rumble this year, but Solo Sokoa had four appearance points alone, so having his association with the Bloodline is definitely a smart choice. Lucha Bros, he's clearly taken a, a bit of attention with the Best of Seven series between Death Triangle and The Elite for the trios titles. Shayna Baszler's still kicking around in the uh, SmackDown women's title scene associating with Ronda Rousey. Although there is a gauntlet match already been taped for next week's SmackDown, I don't believe she comes out the winner, so that might push him back. Bailey across both shows is a bit of a no-brainer as well, but um, yeah, I think that's it's not the best team I've seen on paper, but the I mean the scores reflect it. You know, he's currently sitting thirty-seven points overall, which is a good good bit down compared with the rest of the the listeners' league players. Uh, and he also he's actually above Jack though. Jack's only on thirty three points at this stage with his team. He's putting all his stock in the Royal Rumble. But one thing actually that came up that I almost forgot is that Matt Riddle, who's on Jack's listeners' lead team to beat, and more importantly, he's also on Ross's team. He's oh also yeah, been, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been written off TV because he he's been busted for a second drugs violation. Jesus. So, that's an even bigger hit for Ross's team. You know, one person gets released and the other is basically suspended because of drug policy violation.
1: He really is putting all his face on bloody broad and useless, isn't he? Pretty much, yeah. This I mean, stage, but given
0: their past performances, they've actually done pretty well.
1: Yeah. But uh, looking at my team to beat, I don't think I have anyone from my actual team in this, I realised, But I thought, it doesn't really matter if I not really about picking people that I already have on my team. It's just, imagine if I was in the listeners' league because when you pick in the actual draft, usually you're doing best, your best position on who will score the highest based on where you're picking from and who hasn't already been taken. Whereas here, you've got pretty much free reign, so I try to take advantage of that. Where I've got the Usos as my captain. as Also, we've already talked about the benefits of having the Usos with the captaincy on them. And I've got Kenny Omega, because unlike the Uche Bros, who are already 3-1 up, I think nearly are winning this, this best of seven. So, I think they're 3-1 down, so they've got three big wins coming their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, i got Samoa Joe, the Undisputed King of Television with that TNT title. got Orange Cassidy as well. I know I took a heavy EW team, but again, it's a listeners league team. It doesn't matter. and Plus, these guys are all in top championship positions because Orange Cassidy is also the All-Atlantic champion and he's been defending that fairly regularly. I also have Shayna Baszler, who I think is more of a Rumble con- contender than Becky Lynch at this stage. And I also have Asuka.
0: Yeah, you almost forget Shayna Baszler is a bit of a dominant performer in Royal Rumble matches. You know, she finished uh, top four this year. She's got the most eliminations in one Rumble joint with Bianca at eight. I think, you know, elimination points alone, you know, Shayna might just surprise us. But on the Listeners League team to beat standings uh, with the rest of the Listeners League, guess who's at the top? It is yours truly but with 56 points just behind Anthony Reynolds. Largely, I think, thanks to Braun Breaker's title defense at NXT deadline and damage controls uh, title defense on SmackDown. Scott, you're second out of the four of us. Uh, You're on 50 points uh, just behind Craig Forsyth and Elliot Cantor. So just outside of the top five of the... Actually, no, just within the midst of the top five of the Listeners League. But Ryan and Jack are a good bit down, you know, 13 points separate you and Ryan. So I think we've done we've done good so far in picking our listeners League team to beat. Uh Ryan and Jack have got a lot of catching up to do, but as you mentioned, the Royal Rumble's gonna be the the deciding factor here.
1: Uh, you know, 'cause you know, that's really all I wanted for Christmas was to really be potentially, metaphorically, in the top five of the Listeners League. It really makes this past year all the struggles and all that worth it. I don't mm-hmm. need any fancy presents or fancy Christmas
0: dinners. All I need is the listeners league. Sorted. Well, that'll be your, that'll be your stocking filler for this year, I imagine. But on that note, just want to say happy holidays to all our participants, both in the main league and the listeners league. We hope you have a, a wonderful festive period. Uh, there'll be no Saturday Draft Live next week because, well, it's Christmas, of course. Uh, yeah. we, will, uh, we will pick up with you lot in the new year and we will have at least two weeks worth of points scoring to catch up on. So... I hope everybody has a, a good Christmas, good, uh, good holiday period. And if you want to follow Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet's back catalogue, you can find Saturday Draft Live and past episodes, including the Season 15 Selection Show, which is now on Spotify as well as our YouTube channel. You can follow us on social media uh, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. And exclusive, we are also now on TikTok. So be sure to find us there uh, at Suplex Retweet. We've had a we'll be posting regular clips of every day, and we will also be aiming to post the the st- the rankings from both the main league and the listeners' league uh, on our TikToks. So if you follow us there, you can keep track of the the rankings on a week by week basis. So make sure you do that. So all that remains for me to say is. Thank you, Scott McLeod, for hosting this final show of 2022 with me.
1: My pleasure. Merry Christmas to you and to all, unless you're in the League, in which case, bah humbug.
0: <laughs> and from me, David Hockney, I'd like to say Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and a Happy New Year. Goodbye. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network.